0: Welcome to the Growth Lab. I am Taj Singh, personal growth enthusiast, world traveler, sales professional, on a spiritual journey to live my highest expression. This podcast is meant for individuals looking to evolve in all aspects of their lives. I interview leaders and coaches that have a passion to grow beyond the status quo and expand into their highest potential. Let's dive into it as we help you get 1% better with every episode. What's up, everyone? Excited to announce our guest for episode 21, Daniel DePold. Daniel has a very impressive resume. For starters, he's the president of Kairos Europe, the continent's most influential community of youth entrepreneurs, many of which have built unicorn companies to date. Kairos aims to find and empower the world's most impact-driven entrepreneurs, and has been supported by Bill Clinton and Richard Branson. Daniel is, furthermore, the founder of Evor, an award-winning European edtech school and education platform, as well as an education-driven company builder. Prior to Evor, Daniel founded a few other startups. And also, Daniel has been named Germany's, Austria's, and Switzerland's top talent under 25, a global shaper by the World Economic Forum, and has been a TED speaker in the past. Personally, I met Daniel through a friend of mine who introduced me to him. So shout out to Julia Zhao for that. In this episode, we cover his time in Switzerland and China, working as a coach and helping a math team win an international competition by focusing on the meta-principles of learning. Sleep, flow, and nutrition. All three we take a deeper dive into. Topic two, we cover growing Kairos and realizing that enabling others is much more impactful than being efficient or effective yourself. And then the last topic we discuss his startup the Evor School, what the mission is, and the reason he started it. This was truly an amazing episode with Daniel. Super insightful guy. I'm certain you guys will enjoy the conversation as much as I did. So let's dive right in. Daniel, thank you for joining an episode of Growth Lab all the way from Germany. Uh, welcome in.
1: Big pleasure to be here. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Yeah, thank you for uh, for joining us through through an introduction that I uh, that, that that I had. Um, to to Daniel and I've been I've been hearing about his story I've been uh you know talking to him a, a couple of times and his, his his story is so interesting so I'm really excited about hearing the different aspects of it um and I think a good starting point Daniel is is as you were as you were telling me your time in Switzerland and China uh and working with the uh, Olympic math team right and and some of the, the the principles that you were able to employ in there uh let's start there let's start with that story because I find it really intriguing
1: Okay. Okay. Definitely. Um, So when I was in in Switzerland, I I did two things, Uh, you know, I studied math and I studied business and other people asked me, you know, like, can you help me um, achieve good grades? So that's what I started doing. And, you know, I did it completely pro bono because I I just wanted to help. And uh, at one one point there was, you know, exam period and I was just, you know, like busy studying myself and people approached me, you know, like Daniel, can you help? And I was jokingly saying, look, I can't, you know, but for, you know, a hundred Swiss francs an hour, it's def- definitely something I can do. I didn't mean that really, but people ended up paying me for, it, you know, um, helping them achieve better grades. And uh, that, that really got me into, in, into coaching and into helping them because what I didn't do is I didn't explain them the theory um, they needed to know um, for, for their university studies. Um, so, when there was a mathematical concept, I didn't spend any time of, um, yeah, explaining that mathematical concept. But what I did is I helped them kind of get their, their, their whole lives organized. So, like, getting their sleep right, getting their energy right, um, focusing, you know, on, like, getting your prioritization right and all these kind of things. And uh, that ended up having a way larger impact on on their grades and, like, people went from, you know, like, bottom 10% to top 10% and so on. And at one point I was, that that was unique for me at that moment. People invited me for a workshop. It was actually first time I was giving a workshop. I was so excited. I was still a student and uh, I got that chance to, you know, give a a workshop in front of corporate people. And uh, that's when I did it. They really liked it and they were able to apply the principles. And at one point, um, I ended up turning this into, you, you know, a business. And uh, that led me even to China. And in China, I had the pleasure of working with the Daigang Olympic math team. And essentially what they were doing, they, they were not sleeping much. And they were just, you know, like doing math. And I was supposed to help them with a math for a math competition. And uh, basically they were really good. There wasn't much you, you needed to do, but they did a lot of, you know, um, careless errors they, they just made mistakes because they re- didn't concentrate well and stuff like that right so what what i said and then really took me quite a while to get teachers convinced that they sleep longer right because sometimes these people have lessons until 10 p.m and then you know they still need to do extra math and then they need to get up the next day at like 6 a.m so they don't end up sleeping much so the first thing we needed to to, to do is for for them to get some sleep the Mm -hmm. second thing i taught them is to you know to to get into flow and there we can dig into that later on if you want but there's a lot of like strategies you can use to get into flow so i was teaching them these practices and at one point they were you know hyper focused on this it was also like helping them get their nutrition right and everything and they ended up winning the first place china award. and i think that's probably not because they've gotten better at math they already were really good they've just gotten better at like concentrating and focusing their energy and prioritizing and writing that uh, and being good at that competition eventually because of that. So that was kind of the culmination of this business because afterwards I figured that I do not want to you know sell my time until the end of my life. I, I want to build scalable models and that then arose a whole new business but um, that was yeah the, the culmination of this coaching thing, and it, it was a lot of fun, and I still enjoy it today.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that's intriguing, right? Because you think you were coaching a math team, you'd be thinking you were coaching math, but you know it was more about sleep, yeah. flow, and, and nutrition. Let's talk about those three really quickly. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when you when you when you talk about sleep, you know why is sleep important and why did it have such a big impact? And then we can you know go to flow and nutrition, but let's start with sleep.
1: Yeah. I find sleep so fascinating, right? Because that's like where our like brain regenerates, where our whole body regenerates, and uh, I think this is not really, you know, humans are the only species on Earth that forces themselves to to stand up, right? So we don't we we don't just sleep in; we just force ourselves, and this gets a lot of us in sleep deprivation because you know our brain is turning and turning and turning, and we can't really get out of that. I think for many people, it's even at a stage where they they don't reflect any bit anymore they're just you know they're constantly rotating and they're doing things and doing things they don't even have time to question the things they're doing they're just doing 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 and the less they sleep the less they question the the less they're able to question these things and the worse it gets and one thing that actually helps you usually is to you know just sleep longer Um, and you know, there's heaps of studies I could quote on sleep. There's studies that show, like, if you sleep an hour longer, it's way easier for you to lose weight. Nothing else changed, right? There's other studies that show the more you sleep, the more intelligent you, you, see, you appear to be, the better you score on cognitive tests, and, and so on and so forth, right? So it's, it's, it's hypercritical to your life, yet we neglect it. And mm-hmm. it just, you know, getting this right, suddenly doesn't trick for people but it, it takes some time it's it's like a lag in effect and people you know they want the effect immediately so it's, it's kind of difficult for them to switch that's what i did as a coach i needed to convince them that they need to switch and that this long term will change all of their results and it's it's incredible what this can do So this is why why sleep is important.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So do you have, is there a magic number on, on how much sleep, obviously there's, you know, seven hours, eight hours, what, what do you, you know, from the studies you've done, what's, what's the magic number of, of how much sleep you should get a night?
1: Yeah, um, there is unfortunately no magic, (laughs) because there's genetical differences, right? There's people who, you know, they they sleep six hours, they're perfectly fit. And there's also this theory that um, people like Angela Merkel in Germany and like Donald Trump, they they just need like four hours of sleep because that's just like their genetics. And one in a hundred people are expected to have this. Um, so, so it really differs. And I think the e- what is really important for everyone is to, to figure out what that is. And the easiest thing is, you know, there's this one sleep researcher. He gets like people into a room where it's completely dark. So you, you kind of have to sleep. And usually when you do that with people, they are, end up sleeping for up to 14 hours. And uh, you do that for four days. And then you've basically, there's a concept called sleep debt. So basically, when you're not sleeping the amount of sleep you're supposed to, then you are accumulating sleep debt. Mm. And uh, after a while, you might have 30 hours. So you got to get rid of those 30 hours of sleep debt because the more you accumulate um, the worse it gets and the worse it gets, you know, for everything in, in your body, in your brain and so on. So essentially, you need to get rid of your sleep debt and then you just go into bed and see when you wake up. And usually that is after eight hours. Um, sleeping eight hours is really important. I saw that with most of my clients back then. Most of them needed eight hours. Most of them slept, you know, six and a half to seven, but they actually needed eight hours. So I think it's usually always more than you expect.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's intriguing. This, the sleep debt piece of, of catching up on your debt and then also uh, just waking up naturally, right? Like I think that's, that I've, I've tried that and whenever I've woken up, without an alarm is when I've felt the most active throughout the course of the day. Um, you know, without kind of having an artificial time that I have to get up. Um, obviously sometimes harder when you have set schedules and stuff like that, but that's, that's, um, that's great advice. Now, on the, the piece of flow, let's talk about that. Let's let's open that up because it's a it's a bu- big subject. It's a hot topic. A lot of a lot of people talking about flow uh, in in different ways and how you can tap into it. Hel- help me help us understand like your understanding of flow, like what it means and and, and you know some some practices to get into flow.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I think um, probably the most common researcher when it comes to flow is Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi, right? And this guy is like he wrote the book Flow and it, I think it's the most famous book on flow. And I, I really much resonate with his explanation. It's basically like assume you are skiing down a mountain and you, like you, you are a professional skier and you slalom and down and you're like completely in the flow, in the zone, and you're not noticing what happens outside. There, you, you know, there, there could be lightning strikes and everything. You would notice you're just going down. And that is, that is flow, right? And you can have that while studying. You can have that while walking upstairs. Um, there's actually like some functions in our brain going on while we have that for instance when we in really really deep flow people would assume like our brain frequency is lower so you get like all the way down to the sleep-like frequencies like a delta frequency but actually our brain is hyperactive during flow and that is a, a gamma frequency and basically it, it our brain is you know like doing these very fast waves and uh there is, you know, you can teach yourself to do that. And one of the most effective ways is meditation. Um, because if you look at, you know, Buddhist monks, they have a way higher proportion uh, of gamma frequency. So if you look at like, you know, what their brain is emitting over time, their brain's just emitting more gamma wave frequencies. Mm. And that essentially means they're more in flow. And flow, you know, it, it it's not about making you more effective that is one nice after effect but it's also about you know making yourself happy it's about being in the moment it's about enjoying life to the fullest because in my opinion you can only enjoy life if you're in the moment there's this quote from adorno saying that you know beauty can only exist in the moment only in the ephemeral and i really believe in that so so he for instance puts this very fun he says you can't put a picture into a frame and put it on the wall because that's not beauty. You know, the beauty can only be when you actually look at, at the nature itself and, and feel the beauty. And uh, I think it's the same with flow. You want to experience the moment. And what we do is we live in the past, we live in the future, and we never really seize the moment. And this is, this is sad. And like us as human beings, I believe it's, it's, it's something we've lost. Because of like our hyperactivity, social media, whatever, and we should get it back. And yeah. that's you know that's flow and why it's so important. You also ask me like how can you get there, right? Yeah. So next to meditation, there's a couple of tricks to um, to, to apply, especially if you're you know um, if if you're not experienced. So so one of the things I really like to get people who you know hyperactive into flow is to to is the side garnick effect. The Zygarnik effect, basically, there's this, this waiter, um, and this is something the researcher Cygarnik experienced, and um, they were in a restaurant, and the waiter, the waiter perfectly memorized everything they've ordered, you know, and they were like eight to 10 people, um, and it, it's just incredible how a waiter can memorize that, right, and then um, Zygarnik got bad because um, they forgot their code, so at one point, um, they looked at the waiter, and the waiter had no idea, like, who that was and that was very fascinating to Taigari because you, you know like at one point that waiter could memorize a whole list of orders for that entire table and then couldn't even recognize faces and what was then found out afterwards is that because if our brain has finished something you know once the order is finished it forgets about it mm. and this is I find this really fascinating that also means like once you and then later on um, we found even out that if we, put it, if we put things in a system we trust, it's like our, it's the same thing like finishing it, so we can also forget about it. And that brings us back to flow because if we have a to-do list, a to-do list we can trust, if we have a mechanism in place for working through that to-do list every day, we can simply integrate things that are in our heads into that to-do list and that means they won't pop up again and again and again and again for us to memorize them so what i do with people first of all is you know like you wait for five minutes and every thought that comes into your head you write it down on a to-do list um and then you put that away and then you try to start to work and then the next thing i usually do with people is breathing techniques because breathing consistently really gets you into that flow state it's also important to meditation there's a lot of similarities and then you start working that's the first two things i do and at one point things will come into your mind. And then you don't bother about that. You just put it on your to-do list, put it away and you focus again. And if you're really struggling to focus, you breathe again. And that really is a very simple exercise you can begin with. And after a while you might see yourself completely forgetting time for three hours by solely doing this, you know, especially Coders um, are experiencing this, but you can also experience this when, you know, doing PowerPoint presentations um, cutting the audio for a podcast, whatever it is, right. Yeah. This could literally be anything and like getting into this flow state is, it, it makes you happy. You really enjoy the work you're doing and you're much more efficient. You're getting much more done in much less time. So yeah, hope that hope that answers the question. It
0: does. It does. You know, that, that was such a great uh, explanation of flow in, in a very simplistic way. You know, it's like, you know, when you think about flow and a common example is surfing right and and why is why do surfers get into flow because they're completely present in the moment uh if they are not they will get <laughs> splashed they will definitely fall into the water so you know i, I love that explanation it's in, in simplistic form It's when you're completely in the moment that you sort of merge with the with the present moment and and you just lose sense of time and i love those practices that you shared very simple practices but they work um so so thank you for sharing that now Let's touch on nutrition really quick, and then we can move on to 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 kind of furthering your 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 journey and what you're up to now. But I think these things are important. The reason I'm emphasizing them, and this is a, in a previous episode, we uh, had an episode talking about the basics, returning to the basics, and and a lot of these things were coming up. And I reemphasize them, and I and I love talking about them because, to your example, Daniel, is that you know the math team, right? They we were already good at math but these were fundamental basic things if they turned those around it had a much bigger impact on what they were doing right so that was the episode it was about that right so I, I love your perspective on this too So let's talk about nutrition really quick like your take on it you know what, what do you believe is the best nutrition i i know every person is a little different and, and you know nutrition for them is, is different but just your take on it and then and then we'll move on from there
1: yeah, I, I love that concept, by the way. Um, it's, it, the question really is like, what is the biggest lever you can pull, right? And usually it's the basics. So yeah, I, I do fully agree. And when it comes to the basics, nutrition is one of them. And I think especially at nutrition, we should also focus on the basics because people, you know, they get, they get very fond of, you know, investigating like micronutrients and supplementing fancy stuff. And yeah, you can do that. And at one point, at one stage, this is important, especially if you're a professional athlete, you should worry about micronutrients, but this shouldn't be the first thing you do. The first thing you do is getting your water supply, right? Because most people, they're not even drinking more than two liters a day, right? So you should, that is a very fundamental thing. It just helps you concentrate better. It, it, helps, you, it helps you think more clearly, it, it, you're more healthy as a human being and uh, this is something we we tend to forget right so i i once i once i think a, i was drinking half a liter a day or something and i needed an app to remind myself about drinking and it's it's not good it's not good you should really get yourself to to drink more the second thing then is you know getting getting the, the right the right food getting your macronutrients right and i think what what, what most people do is they're, they're eating either a little bit too much fat a little bit too much sugar just looking at you know like getting enough protein and then having a healthy you know protein carbs um, fat ratio that is also very important and then this last point i want to touch on is timing so what and, and this is the most important one Um, you shouldn't in my opinion right there's a couple of studies backing this but there's also you know studies in the other direction that's where where it gets so difficult at nutrition but i wouldn't eat carbs after 7 pm because you know what happens is your your blood sugar level rises your pancreas starts you know flushing out all of the um and regulating back your body but with that it flushes out amino acids and those amino acids are essential essential for your melatonin production and melatonin is essential for your sleep. Mm-hmm. So you should, and then you sleep bad, right? So, so in order to sleep good, you shouldn't eat much carbs after 7 p.m. And you shouldn't eat, you know, like the entire day. There should be, you know, you sh- there should be three times or, or even two times um, y- you eat during the day. And there's, you know, like a lot of interesting research on intermittent fasting. Um, mm-hmm. And I do have a very interesting study on intermittent fasting, but that's, Probably going too far right now, so I would just say check out intermittent fasting. It's a, it's a fascinating concept.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That maybe that's a, a subject uh, for for another podcast later, <laughs> just to go deeper into that nutrition and just intermittent fasting. Um, no, I, I love that. I love that explanation, uh, Daniel, because again, it kind of reinforces that back to basics. And even within these uh, umbrellas of like sleep and nutrition and flow, even that take it back to the basics, right? Don't try to make it so complex. Rather, the, the more simple you get, uh, and and the better it is, right? So I love that. I think that's a good foundation for, for our conversation today, right? As we talk about some of the other things. Uh, now, really quickly before moving on to I wanted to hear about Kairos and your work there. Do you feel like, you know, embodying some of these things have had the biggest impact in your life? You've talked about how you've coached other people to do this, like the sleep, the nutrition, the flow, like, do you practice this regularly? Is this a a big fundamental for your life?
1: Yeah, I do. I do, um, and I do have you know checklists for nearly everything because we tend to forget things. And uh, there, there's a great book solely about checklists. It's called The Checklist Manifesto. Can highly recommend it. And I do have a flow checklist. Things I do before a task, right? Things I do afterwards to 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 come down. I do have one for sleep. And at one point, it becomes fully automatic. There is a, there's a quote by by uh, David Allen who says. Um, the effectiveness of your system is indirectly proportional to your awareness of it. Mm. And I really believe in that, right? If, if you're not noticing doing this checklist anymore, this is where it's fully ingrained in your body. And like, where th- this is where it just happens automatically. So um, I do try to do everything I've just said, right. And, uh, and, and more than that, like they could, if you're interested, I can, I can send you the lists um, or, or put them online somewhere for people to download yeah there's a lot of things you can do
0: yeah yeah absolutely yeah do send them to me because i i've found that once you learn about these principle principles the consistency is difficult right like you might uh go ahead with a lot of steam and then you get pulled back into bad habits right so consistency is, is super important and i like the point of of becoming unconsciously competent right like when you're just doing things because you you just it just becomes a habit and there's you know a lot of literature and books about forming habits and that's a whole 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 thing in itself but i think this is good right like this is a good foundation and re-emphasizing some of the basic things that are important to live a, a fulfilled life a happy life and then from there then you can manifest a lot of a lot of things that you want to do right because you feel good you've had enough sleep, you've drank enough water, you're just, you're feeling good about yourself. Uh, so let's talk about that then. You know, you, you, you have a lot of cool projects you're working on, right? So one thing, you, you, you're pretty closely aligned with uh, Kairos Europe, you're the president for, for Kairos. So uh, tell the audience what Kairos is, you know, what their mission is and, and the work you're doing with them because I think it's really cool.
1: Yeah, thanks. Um, so essentially we're a community of entrepreneurs um, who work on impact driven projects and kairos exists to find these people and empower them Mm. that's it and the whole system now it's over 125 volunteers you know solely working to maintain the system solely on that it's it's all about you know finding these people and empowering them this is there's one story I want to share. It's about, um, you know, the, the, the best-selling, uh, best-selling book of, I think, 1968, if I recall it correctly, and it's called The Population Bomb. Mm. And Paul Ehrlich, the, the guy who wrote this book, it was basically saying we're all doomed because of overpopulation. It's going to kill us all. The math is very clear. Here you have, you know, exponential um, growth in, in population, but food supply doesn't grow exp- exponentially. So we're all going to starve. Um, and there's going to be atomic war and all of the, no, not beautiful scenarios. Um, so, no one was really able to say anything about this, right? It was a best-selling book. One dude, um, Julian Simon, said, "No, this is not going to ha- uh, gonna happen because of you know human ingenuity." He said. I can't tell you what exactly it'll be, but we humans, we're intelligent and we're gonna come up with things to solve this. Mm-hmm. And guess what? You know, hybridized seeds, water cooling techniques, water control techniques, all this kind of stuff, solve this issue. So this is what Kairos is about. Like there, there are big problems in this world, climate change, plastics, mental health and so on, right? And how do we get rid of those problems? It's not a, a, a mean feat, right? If we find people, who are building solutions to them and empower them. That's our biggest investment in the future. That's the biggest thing we can do. And this is what Kairos Europe is all about, right? This is what we're trying to do. And I could tell you heaps of heartwarming stories of those people. There's one guy in in Mexico who's built a bra that uh, detects breast cancer. Mm. There's another guy in Germany, when he was 17 years old, built a robot arm that helps you with your hand rehabilitation. Um, so it can be fully automated, purely done by that robot arm, right? There's a, another person uh, like making clean energy happen. they're called an they're already, in I think over, um, over 13 countries and their global organization. And those are the people we're looking for. And we, we just want to support them on their vision because that's how we create a bright future.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, how are you empowering these these entrepreneurs? Is it through funding, through visibility? What's what's what are you guys doing to empower them? Yeah,
1: there's a lot of things you can do, and I think the most important thing is giving them a community of other people like them. This is attached to you know opening a lot of doors just by you know getting into the community and by connecting with people who like you. Um, there will be heaps of opportunities because they're going to connect you to other people who open other doors for you they're going to support you you know I've been I've been confronted with some really difficult also technical um, challenges I've been working on personally and I always ended up calling Kairos fellows also the knowledge transfer right I, I, and I call people who, who've built apps for the last 10 years and they could tell me everything about it and how I need to structure my backend and so on so that's a, the community part um, yeah. it's a lot of support but also a lot of you know opportunities that come from it the next thing is obviously money so the thing we've ended up focusing most in kairos europe is um facilitating investment so we curate a community of entrep- uh, of entrepreneurs serial entrepreneurs and investors and whenever there's you know a kairos fellow who's looking for funding which is connecting them with the right people who also fit to their vision to their mission and uh, can fund these guys, right? And because we, we want them to succeed also financially because that means the solution is more sustainable. If you got your finances right, you can keep doing those things and then you can keep like, working on that mission. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the third thing is, you know, we're giving them access to you know, senior personalities who've seen it all, you know, like founders of big organizations like TomTom, uh, Tom, like Skype, like Opodo, they can talk to. Them and be inspired by but also learn from right so one thing we do is you know weekly learning sessions to help help everyone you know learn about new concepts sometimes it's, it's personal development related sometimes it's it's clearly business related um it could be spiritual as well right it, it could be literally anything um, and th- the last point is really just giving people resources you know like they need legal support. They need um, to spread into different continents, like making the right intros, like sending contracts around um, so that you don't need to pay an expensive lawyer, stuff like that. Right. So, so all of that is the organization of Europe.
0: Got it. Got it. I love that. I think that's such a great mission to have a community in that way, to empower other entrepreneurs who are doing good for the world and you know have these uh, companies that are making a difference in the world—that that's just amazing. Um, and nice. and you know and I think we could even spend an episode just talking about all the different entrepreneurs that that you guys <laughs> have and and all the cool things that they're doing. I'm I'm super intrigued by that. Now, you know, if if somebody hearing the episode you know wants to get involved or just curious about Cairo's and perhaps they're in the States or even in Europe, how, how can one get involved with Kairos?
1: Yeah, there's a couple of touch points, right? So if you haven't started an organization,
0: so first of all, you can always write us an
1: email, right? If you just go to our website, and if you wanna know about anything, you just write us an email. Um, if you are interested in you know, like being supported by us, There's a thing we call the talent program, and this is for people who haven't yet founded a company. It's just exposing them to uh, environments of impact and entrepreneurship and giving them the opportunity and, you know, an education platform and everything to to start a venture and and the network, obviously. And and the second thing is the fellowship. Um, If you want to be part of the fellowship, just drop us an email. The way we're working is nomination-based, not application-based. So you cannot just go to our website and apply. And you need to be nominated. We're not doing this because we don't want people to apply. We're doing this purely because we are a nonprofit organization. Everyone at Cairo is you know, focusing on this with their free time. We, we deliberately chose not to do full-time positions. That's why we also need 125 volunteers just to keep the community of, you know, couple hundred to up over thousand going because because it's a lot of work and we just do not have the capacity to look over all the applications we got in the past so that's why we switched to nominations but if you're really keen I I personally will make sure to nominate you you know just like go to the website and like um, write us an email that'll definitely work Um, we just moved away from on social media and so on promoting applications, because that's been a little bit too much for us.
0: Got it. Got it. Yeah. Thank you for that. that that's helpful. If somebody's listening to this and, and curious about just learning more. Right. Um, I think that's that's a good way to go about it. Now, you yourself, uh, you know, have uh, a company, right? That that's that's looking out for social good in, in the world, and that's or School, right? So let's talk about that a little bit. You know what the what the context of that is. You know where that what propelled you to start it. Let's 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 open that up.
1: Okay, um, it's a very <laughs> weird story again, right? Because uh, my my first venture was measuring um, sound waves. We were dissecting sound waves, and from that, calculating emotional intelligence proxies. So I was a hundred percent sure I'm gonna start another AI venture because it's something I'm excited about, you know, and something I, I, I do really care. And then at one point I saw myself like building an incubator for a German big robotics company. And uh I was really fascinated by it because you know there's there's so much potential. You wanna enable your employees or people from the outside to to start entrepreneurial projects, but it's really difficult to pull that off and to actually give them the resources. What I've experienced with almost every corporate incubator is you're running into compliance issues. First of all, most corporates don't want to give you free time if you're an employee, right? So they're saying, yeah, yeah, you can work on this, but you still need to do your real job. So this is really difficult to pull off because you need time to focus on this. And then if you do, you know, the corporation really wants to own this. So they're basically saying we have the equity. This is difficult for the motivation. Sometimes there's a split, but then they're starting their first offices and then it's corporate compliance again. They're telling them what what kind of stuff to buy in their offices. This is all way too expensive for a founder. They should rather do that from their garage and so on, right? So those internal incubators, they they don't work too much if you ask me. Mm. And they also don't like the external accelerators because you know, they've. They've been basically, they're just getting startups into an organization, but those startups, it's just a cultural clash, first of all. And secondly, they're focusing on completely different things. So you might get an external accelerator to to help you get in touch with startups and they might end up doing something completely non-related to your core business and then firms are pissed, right? So, so actually, the, the, the thing we started with is from that incubation acceleration perspective. But what we wanted to do, what we noticed is, in Europe, there's a lot of very smart people who don't start companies, because they're very risk averse. So they go to big consultancies, banking jobs, and so on. And uh, that is, but they could have impact, you know, they could start like an impact driven, climate change related project. So we said, how can we get those very smart people to do stuff like that? Now, our first model was to just, you know, give them a wage and put them in the offices of a large organization and say, but this is your project. You are owning all the equity. And if the corporation wants this, they need to pay you to, um, to, to buy that company you're building. They, they don't own it, but they can buy it. Mm-hmm. So, so this was the first thing we did. But what we've noticed, and this is why we're now a school. People, you know, they, they don't just start a venture from scratch. You need to be, we call it creating responsible individuals. Our university system doesn't prepare you for, to, for being a responsible individual. You are having fixed curricula, you know exactly, you gotta start with A, you need to go to Z. Um, everything is prepared for you. Maybe you need to choose your own courses. But real life is way more complex than that. So especially if you're founding a company, right? There's so many unknown unknowns, things you don't even know you don't know. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? Right? So we've created an entire school around this where we teach people how to do these things. So one thing you learn, for instance, is like getting your sleep right, managing your energy, managing your time. Another thing you learn is you know how to how to build websites and like get your stuff out there, but it's not Coding straight away, the first question we ask you is, you know, what do you want to do? And can you put that on Wix? And if you can, please go to wix.com and like build your website there because we don't need to, uh, to teach you coding or anything like that because you can just put it on Wix, right? So we want people to, to really reflect on what they're doing and the after effects of that and then decide what they want to learn. And the way we are doing this is by not using curricula. So people don't have a curriculum They have a web of knowledge. We call it a learning map and they can start anywhere. They can start at the top left and go to the bottom right. They can start in the middle somewhere and go to some other place. It's totally up to you. The question you need to ask yourself every day is, what is the most important thing I need to do today? And then you might be able to do it straight away or you might need to learn something. And if you want to learn something, you go on the learning map. And you locate what you need to learn and you do it. And this really, after you've done that every day for a year, you are a different person and you really learned how to be responsible and how to prioritize. And that's what happens at our school. That's what happens at, at Ebor.
0: Got it. Got it. That makes so much sense. And I, I love that concept of getting people into the funnel of entrepreneurship uh, because people being risk averse and, and, yeah, there's there's so many smart individuals that could have such a big impact if they were given the tool. So I I, I love that concept. Now, is it is it mostly an online school? I'm assuming. How what's the what's the functioning of it? How does it, uh, you know, how does one get involved in that too?
1: Yeah, it's it's physical, um, yeah. and you do need to um you, you do need to be close to like one of the partners' offices. So the way we're working is. Um, we are a virtual organization. So, so we are you know, supplying the whole online platform with resources. You get free contact, uh, contracts, you know, free templates for everything. But what, you, what we don't do is we don't supply teachers. Um, what we do, though, is we supply office space um, and office facilities and all of that, but not through ourselves, but through our partners. So we do have partner corporations who are just incredibly interested in engaging with entrepreneurial people and uh, that's you know where you learn entrepreneurship so you might there might be a German investment firm and they're interested in you know like making their um products more digital or you know like they're having a certain problem of conceptualizing um something that actually appeals to generation Z. so they're basically saying look can't we just help some people you know with our office spaces and so on and they might want to do something that is close to our core business but they own this right and they have the right to do like everything themselves and there's not no, no control we exercise and then what you what you do as an uh, as an individual is you start your own venture but you'll probably already have your first pilot customer because they're very close to your your core thing so i explained this because it's important for individuals to know you, Right. You do need to do something that is close to, um, it, it, to some problem in the problem spaces we have mm-hmm. because we really want you to you know, focus on something relevant and focus on something that is, um, that, that is really attached to a, like an existing problem that makes it just way quicker for you to succeed. And uh, usually it should be impact related. right? That's what we always try to do for all of the problems. And uh, when you're open to this, you know, there's some people who just say, no, I already have an idea. I want to found a company, right? That's, or you've already founded a company. That's when you go to Kairos. That's when you, you know, that's uh, th- that's when you just tap into existing support networks. But if you don't know yet what to do, that's when you want to go to eWork. And that's when we help you, you know, throw it off. And it's not just building a company. We can help you learn to code and everything in a self-responsible, autodidactic way. And, uh Then in Europe, there's pretty much in every country, you know, like you'll have the possibility to find to find a good office in the U.S. It's still difficult, though, right? So if you're in the U.S., like drop us an email, we'll figure out what to do. We are a young company, so um, we will expand soon. But so far, a lot of the stuff we're doing is still focused on Europe.
0: Got it. Got it. Thank you for that. That, That's helpful. And is there just a website people can go on to? Is it just you
1: It is .io, so okay. E-W-O-R.io, and you will find three things on there, like we're having a licensing model and then um, a, an AI product. This is something like you're probably not interested in as an individual. You're interested in that if you're an organization. But if you're, and one thing we call the fellowship. So what you do is you click on ebor .io, and then there's a header, you click on Fellowship. And then you can actually apply right now until 23rd of December. And uh, then if you are selected, because so far we have like not enough resources to supply everyone with a program. And that's why we made an application. And uh, if, you're, if you're taken, you know, you like get free office, but you get everything for free. You don't even pay, right? So you get into that one year program. It's like a master's degree. It's like a school for you and uh, everything is taken care of like everything is taken care of by us access to the education platform all of that no need to pay for anything
0: got it got it okay perfect now as we come close to our time daniel one of the things that i like to ask my guests um, towards the end of the conversation and and, and you you know specifically having having visibility to some of the challenges that we face on the planet and you being so close to social impact and some of the areas that we should be concentrating on some of the problems that we should be fixing. Now, the question is, you know, when you envision a world in the future, right from, from Daniel's eyes, you know, uh, what does that world look like, right? Having solved some of the challenges, but also what's, what's your vision of the, the future world.
1: That is a great question. And it's really difficult uh, to to, to answer for me, right? Because there's so many factors to take into account that one of the big factors is that we don't know what human ingenuity will bring us, right? Mm. There will be things I can't possibly imagine, but one dude in India or South Africa or wherever, right? Like she or he will come up with a Crazy idea that would just make the planet more beautiful, you know. That might get rid of ocean plastics, that you know might get help us cope with climate change, or might get us on another planet. You know, there's one person currently trying to do that, and 20 years ago, no one would have imagined this, Mm -hmm. right? So, if we're thinking about all the new elements that are gonna be there, I think they're gonna be quite a couple. Like our planet get better and better into producing people like this, right? So I am 100 convinced that there will be more people like this and that they will turn our world, our planet into something that's way more beautiful, um, that is sustainable because that's what we need to do. Um, There is plastic in our food, um, in our drinking water already. You can measure microplastics in our bodies and still, you know, the production of plastics is um, expected to quadruple until 2030. Right, mm-hmm. so like at this point we've really realized we need to do something um, we need to be more sustainable we need to um push less um waste into the environment also when it comes to climate change how this exactly will look like i don't know i know mm-hmm. that we will solve those problems i am personally convinced but i can't tell you how exactly this will look like and then another thing the last thing maybe I personally uh, think is, is happening at the moment, not, you know, like on the external side, but on the internal side, we've really had this area of rationalism, you know, like everyone, like enlightenment and so on. But we've also noticed what enlightenment brings. There's a Dorner who says enlightenment brought us the Holocaust, right? Because this is just when you try to optimize so much to try to create the perfect human being. I think we have realized that rationalism isn't the answer to everything. I think we've realized that we can know more and more and more, but we will never know everything. And I I see this, you know, the pendulum swinging back on the rationalism scale um, towards, you know, a little bit more spirituality, a little bit more, you know, being more emotional and so on. So I believe like if you look into the future, we've noticed that. And we will probably not be as rational as we are right now um and we will be open to completely new experiences that we don't even grasp rationally at the moment and uh, this will also be really exciting i'm really looking forward to this
0: yeah that's beautiful i i i love your perspective on it right it's it's uh, the perspective of possibility and, and and potentiality, right? There's so much out there uh, sure. that that could happen, and just the belief in, in in us as humans and what we can accomplish, right? And and you you see it firsthand with some of the people that you work with, and you know I've just enjoyed this conversation a lot, Daniel. Thank you for for coming on, share, sharing the fundamentals of of how do you operate at optimal speed or pace, right? With, uh, with sleep, with nutrition, with, you know, getting into flow and that being such a fundamental. And then, you know, you sharing your story of how you're involved with Kairos and also Ivor, and those are, both have amazing missions behind them. And And what they do and how they help people, right? and And just encouragement of us to think outside the box and support the planet and using a brain just not for you know day to day things, but just more. you know think think more, think higher. And even in the last answer you gave, that's just where you come from, right? It's the the potentiality of of the human species. so i I just loved. Uh, this conversation. Thank you for coming on. The last thing I have for you is if somebody wants to just, you know, get in touch with you personally, uh, or just, you know, after hearing this episode, they're just intrigued. Is eWord.io the best way to get in touch with you? Or if anybody wants to get in touch, what's the best way?
1: Um, If it's personal, then probably LinkedIn, because I'm not active on any other social media channel. Okay. Um, but uh, that is that is the personal thing and then yeah i'm i'm now spending more and more time on Ivor okay because it's, it's not easy to build a whole new way of education so Ivor is probably the best way to go
0: okay perfect well thank you again daniel for joining us today all the way from germany it's been a big pleasure thank you for having me